0: Welcome back to Backcountry BSing. Sweet. Another show today. We've got a, we're, we're breaking out a little bit. We're, we're going away from the YouTubers here. I like talking to people who are being innovative. Yes. Uh, and I, we like, I want to talk to more people in like the technology sector. Of yes. This, of backpacking. Yeah. Um, so we have uh, two members of, from Art of the Trek. So if you've listened to our podcast, you know that they have sponsored this channel. They are not sponsoring this episode. Nope. We didn't. Yeah, we didn't. That would it, be weird. That would be weird. That'd be a conflict of interest. But we want to talk to them. Yeah. So let's bring them on. Yep. First off, thank you both for yeah. talking to us. I know uh, you get, we're all over the world right uh, now know, this this with you cool. guys. It's really very, very <laughs> cool. Um, I do think, though, before we kind of launch in, how about um, and, and either of you guys can answer this. How about just give like a quick for people who are mm-hmm. listening, a quick little like overview of what Art of the Trek is.
1: Uh, sure, I guess I'll uh, I'll take the lead on that. So Art of the Trek is uh, a solution to the problem of having a plan for what to do before you go out there, knowing information um, about what to expect on the ground, and overall just avoiding surprises and having successful adventures in the backcountry. Yeah.
0: That was very, very that, good. It that was much true. better than I could have said. Um, and and I do want to, so you guys have been around since, for at least a couple of years now, right?
1: Yeah, we've been plugging away on this uh, for a couple years. Um, yeah, starting starting small and listening to users. And Nicole uh, has a lot of experience um, chatting with people. And this has been really built up based mm-hmm. upon feedback uh, from from hikers and campers out there around the world, maybe she can speak a, a little bit to uh, her involvement with them and how that has guided the project.
2: Yeah, so so I have a great job. I'm very lucky that I get to talk to you know backpackers really all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, a, of course, a lot of folks in the U.S., but also I would say Australia, Europe, um, even some folks in Asia, South America. So so a little bit all over the place. Um, and yeah, I mean, generally, um, you know, we're just really interested in hearing, you know, what kind of feedback do you have for us? What can we do to improve um, what we're doing? Are there any features that you'd like to see that we're not current, you know, we don't currently offer? And then I really just take those, I, all those ideas back to the team. And then, you know, the development guys really make that happen.
3: So Where, where, did, the, where did the idea come from? Like I know, I know what you're trying to accomplish, but like, how did you get that spark?
1: Yeah, I suppose uh, that's so. I uh, growing up in the outdoors and spend a lot of time doing it. My background's in computer engineering, so blending mm-hmm. oh, nice. software in the outdoors to solve problems that I saw existed out there um, was was a natural fit for me. Um, that that said, uh, as tempting as it is sometimes to make it a pet project of my own, we really try and have it be guided by by user demand um, and, you know, prioritize the things that people want to see out there. So it probably sparked by me and then uh, driven by community feedback, as Nicole was referencing.
0: And um, so I'm assuming, Scott, this just started with just you.
1: Yeah. So uh, started off as me as a one man show, doing <laughs> a little bit of everything. Yeah.
0: Um, and now, I, Nicole, I think we talked about this. Can you talk about like how big you guys have gotten just over the last couple of years? Because it's a fairly, it's not a small enterprise now.
2: Well, it's still a small, you know, I think it's still a small team. I would say, I don't know, Scott, are there maybe 12 of us on board?
1: Um, You could say that. There's a core group of maybe half half a dozen of us. mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, help that we, if you include our route guide planner colleagues and things like that, who are a little bit more experienced backpackers who uh, come help us and uh, provide uh, route guides uh, for areas that they're familiar with um, in response to user requests and things like that. Yeah. We could call ourselves a group of a dozen. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. No, that's pretty <laughs> solid.
0: Um, and are, are we allowed to talk about the, the route planning stuff? I know you guys are getting like bombarded <laughs> with those requests. We don't have to <laughs> talk about it if you're at capacity, but so I, we,
1: <laughs> we can chat about that and good problem to have. So yeah, I was uh, referencing that and that has indeed been one of our most popular uh, features so so far, so if you go to uh, artofthetrack.com and uh, request a custom route guide, there's a form to fill out about uh, about all of the criteria you have for the ideal trip you're looking for in your area, and then you know a real person you know sits down and researches that and you know provides a route and detailed information on water sources and campsites and permits and what to expect and how to get their information about the trailhead and. And an overview of the route and in many ways you know what a lot of us are familiar with from a book of backpacking routes um that that you can buy and this is just going to be a more uh sort of worldwide online compendium of those and and yes as you were alluding to that is popular we've we've been swamped (laughs) we've fallen (laughs) behind on a lot of those uh requests and that's a good problem to have while we're starting out and scaling up Mm -hmm. um so yeah well Perhaps we'll regret in a few days talking about this on your popular right. show <laughs> have a much. lot of other stuff going on as well uh, that we'd be happy to highlight but yes oh yeah <laughs> we,
0: we, we will that. yeah we we want to talk about it too, but I remember um Nicole when we talked and you sent over yeah. one uh, you sent over one of the the guides that you prepare for people, and I, was, I was like I can't believe this is free <laughs> I know that that's, <laughs> I mean there is um I mean that's, they were I was very impressed with the detail. And and the deliverable as a whole, um, I thought it was very cool, and uh, that's very that's a very cool. And I I understand why you guys are getting blown up for that. Yeah, no that's a good service.
3: That I mean, and that's that's the niche right there. It's yeah because we're lazy.
0: Yeah, but I also I mean when we let's talk about that a little bit. We let's talk about buddies because I also think that that is a cool service and that's a niche and that's something that doesn't exist in the backpacking sector right now, um, because it is, it is difficult if you don't have anyone to backpack with and you don't want to backpack alone. Yeah. And, Cause there are a lot of impediments to that. Or maybe I, it's your first time I, or, or, it, or certainly if it's your first time, I think, um, that's the thing you guys have set up is a cool way to break down a barrier. We're all about getting more people outside. I mean, honest to God, that's, that's kind of like why we started this is like, we truly believe this world would be a better place if more people were outside, like recreating. Um, and I think breaking down a barrier—I think a barrier for a lot of people is a—they've never done it before. You know, they're interested in it, um, but they don't have anyone to do it with, and they don't want to go out there. I mean, certainly, I wouldn't have wanted to do that. No, you know, me either. absolutely. Um, so we can let's talk a little bit about buddies. So how, uh, I'm, and either of you guys can feel this. Um, how did that idea come to you guys?
1: Yeah. Well, let me jump in real. Quick to talk about what you were referencing there about getting people over the hump uh, to the to taking more backcountry adventures. And then I'll turn it over to Nicole to chat about our our buddies feature that facilitates cool. that. But yeah, what what you were talking about there really, you know, I'm not one for you know cheesy mission statements mm-hmm. for a company or anything like that. But if we were to have one, it would be getting people, especially beginners, um, over the hump to taking more backcountry adventures out there so you'll see that uh, guiding guiding all of our choices and all of our features from from the root guide uh, root route guides um, to the buddies to to many other things uh, that we do so glad that we have that in common and yeah looking to solve problems to get people out there and the buddies uh, the buddies functionality um, is definitely one of those things and I'll turn it over to Nicole to chat about that for a little bit
2: Yeah. I mean, through these, I mean, I've had hundreds and hundreds of phone calls with backpackers and that was one of the most requested features, you know, far and above, um, really anything else. Most people I talked to said they're, they, they want to be connected with someone in their community, which actually was a little bit of surprise to me, but it seems like there's a lot of folks out there that enjoy backpacking, but maybe just don't have the friend group, right. Or the family group. Um, so we launched the buddies form. Um, that's over at buddies.artofthetrack.com. <laughs> so yeah, we're just gathering information from people that would be interested in joining these groups. So, um, we ask about all kinds of stuff, weather preferences, mm-hmm. how many yeah. miles a day yeah. you'd like to hike, um, et cetera. Really? Well, it's a yeah. lot of stuff. <laughs>
1: I want to be sure that we're, uh, we're getting, Good matches for people, for right. groups that they fit into well physically, socially, um, in their area, and for trips that they're looking to do. And as well, sort of pairing mentors with beginners, asking about how experienced uh, people are and whether they like to learn from others or like to be teaching others about how to do things better. So th- there's a lot in there, but uh, all good information to be asking that helps us do a good job of making making groups primarily with a focus on overnight trips for this and everything else we do it's uh it's overnight trips uh really that we target just because there are good resources for day hikes there's l- less to plan for there's you know we have more problems to solve for for overnight trips so that's yeah. also been a focus
0: uh i'm not gonna lie pandemic really screwed you guys with the buddies thing <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I don't know if it did though. I mean,
2: I think uh, you know we we obviously can't launch right. Right, right groups in a lot of places immediately. Yeah. But on our on our you know on our end, it's actually a great time to just proactively gather That's this true. information. Mm-hmm. You that is absolutely true. Because we need some time for people to fill out the forms and then get good groups together and then plan trips. So so actually, I feel like it's working out. Oh. Yeah. Well. And people
1: have been engaging with it you yeah. Know, yeah. from home and looking forward to going out with groups again yeah. uh, when they're able in their different areas.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, we talked about this. I do think we, we've we've talked about this. We've had a lot of uh, gear companies on this show the, during this whole situation. And I do think there's going to be a really big pent up demand to get outside. I mean, yeah. we're seeing it now. I mean, even where we live, if you just go like on the nature trails around us, they're just packed with people right now um and we're actually going backpacking in a week from now and it's we're doing our best to go places we know aren't super popular just because we know there's going to be so many people out there but i do think i do think there's going to be a massive pent-up demand for this kind of stuff um especially now that we're getting into warmer weather and we're getting into like at least in you know where we live like prime backpacking area but uh one thing i was kind of interested in is um have you guys and i don't know like who's combing through like what people are filling out, but have you like learned anything interesting about people through this buddy stuff? Like are people mm. selecting options or selecting things that were kind of surprising to you?
1: Um, let me think. Um, I guess people fulfill. Uh, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's a perfect answer. Yeah.
0: No, I just didn't know if like, you're like, Oh, like a lot of people starting out, they tend to preference this, maybe like that, that didn't like maybe that was a surprise or something. I don't because I actually went through and was filling out. It was it's very cool. Like it's basically a survey you take and you kind of like pick out what you like about backpacking. Effectively, i um, like, what's your style? And I'm I'm assuming you guys use that to kind of match people up. Um, I just think it's yeah. cool service. Yeah, I don't know. Anything
1: uh, exotic or interesting?
2: I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think the questions um, that I always go right to to see how people respond are the ones about like drinking and guns and <laughs> drugs just because i'm curious i'm like how many people are gonna that's say good hey, you guys I want put that, in that yeah <laughs> no that, that's Personal
3: curiosity. <laughs> you yeah.
1: have a lot of
0: booze booze boozy
3: people I, I wonder if there's like if there's trends by like geography for that there's joke. gotta be
0: yeah there's gotta
3: be yeah
1: maybe get more younger people into like you know someone's i, right. I understand people bring marijuana on mm-hmm. camping yeah. trips sometimes like a whiskey by the fire and some people really don't yeah um, and some people feel safer going with a firearm depending on where yeah. they're camping And other right. people are horrified at that idea so we try and ask people about uh I don't know if those are controversial things, but things not anymore
0: no, and, uh, out
3: in every area.
0: So yeah. and, and we, um, you know, we've backpacked all over the country now and backpacking in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan is much different than backpacking in Colorado or California. Yes. In terms of <laughs> yeah. the people you see out there, what they're bringing and what they're doing. Yes, um, absolutely. And everything you mentioned, you'll see it. You'll see it. You know, there's a yeah. lot more firearms in Ohio, and Pennsylvania <laughs> than there are in California. <laughs> yeah. And that was something that was something I remember. I remember the, the first time I went backpacking with my wife and uh, we were at the parking lot. And, you know, just this was 2011, I think. First time I went with her and we were just you know, gearing up and there's two guys, you know, the car next to us getting their gear out. And we're just like chit chat and they turn around, and they both had like uh drop leg hip holsters with Glocks on them. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it, it really takes you back at first if you and then now we see people in Ohio. Yeah, It's every other person. We see a lot of people care, open carrying. Um that's ne- that's not something Andy and I have ever done. Um yeah,
1: and, not that and on and, and there's specifically hikers and backpackers. Uh right. going, it's like a personal protection thing for yeah. them. Is, yeah. is that it?
0: Yeah,
3: uh, I, I, you know, honestly. Yeah, I mean, there's no wild, there's no wild animal in Ohio that you're going to need to fend off.
0: And and a and if there was like bear, it, it's so rare. It's rare, and you the little nine millimeter pistol. I probably. do. I,
3: I mean, maybe the argument about like down in southern Ohio, some little sketchy areas.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> um, that's another thing. You know, depending on where you backpack, you know, Andy and I, and probably the reason people are carrying these things is. In Ohio and in the Midwest, we've had the sketchiest encounters with
1: people, not with animals. Yeah. Um, And And, uh, yeah, it sounds like there may be a good story or two there. You got to. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, we've got, because people always ask us, you know, what's the scariest thing? And and on more than one occasion, on several occasions, a very common thing that happens to us, I remember last time it happened to you, is like 2 a.m., you're sleeping. And there's a flashlight and a person right in your face. Oh wow. So maybe that maybe that should be on the survey somewhere. That has <laughs> happened to us. And it was never like malicious. You know, one time yeah, no, this guy was. was looking for his group of friends and thought we were them. And so Andy, <laughs> there's just a flashlight in Andy's face. Yeah, in the middle and, like, of the night. In the middle of night <laughs> it wakes you up and it's definitely scary. That has happened to us on numerous occasions. Mm-hmm. Um, but never malicious, I guess. No,
3: no, no. It was always just people. we've
0: definitely like, encountered like what appear to be very sketchy people on the trail for sure Absolutely. not at night though
1: Their backcountry marijuana grow operation no we have no. not we have
0: not hit that yet but luckily we're waiting you know we've been to I, california I, we haven't hit that yet um i know right although they say that's rampant in in the national forest I, that would be the i don't last even know how i, I would want. respond to that i'd run Just walk out on a field of marijuana know. <laughs> get out of there yeah. um what other sketchy things have happened to us nothing just, just other, other than human, people, a few Yeah, accounts. the animal interca- interactions. We've seen bears, but it was never sketchy. Um, we yeah. did some like s- any sketchy like cliff cliff sort of stuff no. in Linville Gorge. No, a little bit. I don't know. No. What
3: about really. you guys? That's,
1: that's actually, uh, so actually, this is a project Nicole and I have had. We're planning on doing a blog post about sort of uh, most not necessarily sketchy with people adventures, but uh, sort of. Challenges people have run into I guess a couple of mine come to mind um, more of weather and environmental stuff Mm -hmm. like times I've wound up swimming across rivers with my pack um, Or yeah, maybe that's a a good brief story to add to the discussion here. Let's hear it Um, Please now you have to tell us rain training hike um, And went out on purpose in a pretty good rainstorm and had to walk across a glorified stream to get out there and hiked around for five hours in the rain and came back and the stream was a a flooded swollen river that I had no hope of walking across again. Um, So had to reference satellite view on my phone and find a bend in the river where it widened out and shallowed out a bit. Um, And yeah, wound up uh, waiting for the water to recede a little bit. But even then I uh, sort of held my pack by one strap and doggy paddled across that, um, which which may not have been wise in retrospect so yeah another thing we're uh, we're looking to compile is sort of uh, brief sort of three paragraph stories from experienced backpackers of sort of the decision-making process of of uh, bad choices they've made or problems they found themselves in and how they got there how they should have made different decisions but do you consider story do you consider, I've,
3: I've uh, do, you consider do you consider that a bad situation that you were in like and that
1: was a poor decision so, I did not have the gear with me to spend the night um, and certainly getting swept down river would have been, would have been force, problematic. I, I was a competitive swimmer, but that's irrelevant in, right. the, uh, in, in the current of a swift river. So yeah, that was a bad choice. That probably would have been a good time to inconvenience rescue services. So I wasn't spending the night out in a rainstorm with improper gear or risking getting swept downstream. It wound up fine in that situation but you know do that three dozen times make those kind of choices you're going to have a problem in one of them so that is I think a good example of where I should have made made different decisions and I have a few few more of those of my own personal stories that we're putting together and trying to yeah, hopefully Nicole can reach out to you guys and get a couple of yours. You got oh, any? Oh, oh, oh we'll g- I'll give about? you some. But, but, yeah. I, but I
3: think you did a good <laughs> job. I, but I think, we've got plenty. I think you did a good job of like trying to mitigate that risk by like pulling up the
1: satellite views and like and that,
3: if you had to cross, where would a better place be?
1: Yeah, no, and I and I was willing to let the pack go and I did put the car keys in my phone in a ziploc bag uh, in my pocket. So I I tried to mitigate it, but still, you know, sort of doggy paddling across us. swift we wouldn't recommend that to beginners. We'd yeah. say, you know, get someone with a rope and right. or drop you some gear. Um but yeah, have any I felt any environmental or decision-making decision the, 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 the i fell in a
3: river with all of our electronics gear yeah that was exposed. a poor decision
0: yeah yeah if, if you're crossing a river and you've got thousands of dollars worth of audiovisual equipment make sure it's not in a place where it can get wet but when you said the pulling up the satellite maps on your phone this was a story and it's the same trip we're talking about oh yeah, so, yeah. in lindville so we went to Linville Gorge. So if you, I don't know if you're familiar with Linville Gorge. It's in North Carolina. Um, it's like right south of the Smoky Mountains. It's it's beautiful. It's a huge rock climbing destination. It's basically a, a massive gorge that runs and there's about f- you can circumnavigate the whole gorge in about 40 miles. So Andy and I went down there two two three years ago, and we met up with another YouTuber guy. Um, and we you know we'd always want to try Linville Gorge. It's, it's a pretty like Famous backpacking spot. It's challenging. Very challenging. Yeah. Um, What Andy and I didn't know <laughs> is, so very rarely do Andy and I not do any of the planning. Yeah. So we are normally, like, when we meet up with people, we're normally taking charge of the planning. I know we're a little OCD, but it was nice. We're like, oh, this is great. This is great. We're with some other experienced oh, backpackers. We're with a guy that's been there before. Yeah. We're with a really experienced backpacker we know from YouTube. Like, this is going to be great. We don't have to do anything. So I didn't know this at the time, but they're they're like, "All right, we're going to we're going to circumnavigate the entire Linville Gorge." We're like, "Oh, it will be sweet." It's like 40 miles, we're there for like four, 3 3 or 4 days. Yeah. What we didn't know at the time is there is no trail that actually circumnavigates the whole gorge. If you want mm-hmm. to circumnavigate the whole gorge, you have to do some bushwhacking. About 15 miles of bushwhacking through zero established trails.
1: All yeah. right, well that sounds pretty tedious it was awful it
0: was and we're gonna get to <laughs> it was and <laughs> to further complicate things okay, okay the one guy the one so there guy four of us five of us the one guy who'd been there and knew the bushwhacking way had to bail before we got there
3: he got injured
0: so and, and we have a we have this on video he we held out our phone so this was like the the last day we're like okay we got 15 miles of bushwhacking to get back to car there's no trails we're like you need to tell us how to do this like We've never been there, so we pulled out our audio recorder on our phone. We're like, "Give us your directions," and it involved following bean cans hung on trees. Yeah. Anyway, we got completely lost, like flat out lost in the middle of Pisgah National Forest. No, I mean you're not. There's no. We we don't bushwhack. That's not what we we do. No. You're not on a trail. You're in the middle of the forest, and there were there were four of us because the fifth guy who actually knew the way dropped out. And what happened, well, I mean, it was awful. I mean, I've never not back, and, and this is southern, this is the south, so it's overgrown. It's not like out west where it's, it's pine all, forest. It's all rhododendron. It's, like, it's yeah. rhododendron. You're going through it. Um, it was raining. It was not flat. And so this is, what, this is what reminded me of the story. And so I, we still were not, we were not leading. We, we came
3: to a clearing. We came
0: to a clearing and I was like, this is bullshit. And so I walked up. And I was able to get cell service at the top of like a crest of one of the mountains. And I pulled the satellite imagery for where I was. And I saw there was a farm. There was a farm like a quarter mile or a half mile like up the bank of this mountain. And I remember getting pushback on wanting to do this because some people in the group wanted to continue bushwhacking. And I was like, no. I mean, we were literally lost in the middle of a national forest. On the third day of a four-day trip, so you're you already you're down on supplies, um, so we used satellite imagery to kind of navigate our way to a farm, like a huge acre farm, and then we were able to follow that farm up to find a road, and that's how we like got saved. But it was several mistakes were made.
3: Yeah, yeah. Not, not knowing the not, whole
0: trip plan.
3: Yeah, not knowing and not spending the time to research it ourselves.
0: Yeah. And then yeah. when the guy that did know the way bailed out, we sh- should have never attempted it. Yeah. I mean, it was literally like, okay, uh, go count six trees down on your left, cut up, go uh, a quarter mile this way. There's a bean can on a tree, turn right, take that for two miles. There's a down log. I mean, literally, those were the directions we were given to cover 15 yeah. miles. <laughs> <We're> like, what? <laughs> so that was very
1: regrettable. And I think that's a great uh, point to reinforce for beginners listening or watching this um, is that it's never just one thing. It's always a series of choices and events and things that get thrown at you. And, you know, you've got to leave a a buffer so that, like imagine if you hadn't have had your phone or reception (sighs) where you were Uh, and things like that. So you always have to have, you know, at least two links left before, you know, you need to call for a helicopter or, you know, and, you know, I'm looking at the inReach behind your head there. Oh, oh yeah. There's, Make sure um, you have the option to call for a yes. helicopter, too, is an important link in the chain, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: So the, I um, last year I did some solo backpacking out in the Lake Tahoe area, and that was like uh, – I, I, I read too many stories of people, like, getting pinned under rocks and dying from dehydration. And my wife was like, dude, you got to take something. <laughs> so <laughs> I got so, the inReach, and, then,
1: and that was yeah, – I, I wish we had a sponsorship by by Garmin. We don't yet, but yeah, I, <laughs> I know, wish right. that we did. So, a, as I say this, it's just as a, a a big fan of the device. Like the InReach is fantastic yeah, relative is. to anything else out there because it also provides the ability to live track you and yeah. you know be emailing and texting with people, yeah. so you avoid a if you need some help but not a helicopter. You know you can keep it low key and call for help from friends or family as well. So yeah um, and it's great it's, experiences
0: with it it's cool like you can send people the link and like just follow like your breadcrumbs i think that's cool yeah for people um another another story that came to mind about regrets and this wasn't a major regret you're talking about inclement weather when the one of the first times we went backpacking together was 2009 in wyoming actually in the bighorn mountains and we got caught out in some pretty nasty hailstorms. yeah we had to we had to we were stuck for like two days. Two yeah. eight days, Um, and it just, that was our first time. Like we're from Ohio, man. Like that was our first time uh-huh. in like mountains, like mountain mountains. And yeah. as you probably, you guys probably know, I mean, when you're up there, I mean, especially in the summer, like weather can come in so fast and we had like a little base camp set up and we would just kind of, we were doing day hikes, but we would, we were, we would, we got caught out in hailstorms several times and the area up there uh, and
3: one of our buddies his gear failed and he tried to leave and he couldn't yes. he couldn't leave because yes. there was a part of the trail that went on this cliff face and there was a bull moose that wouldn't let him by.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. His his tent like it was we were in a, it was at night. Another hailstorm came through rain everything and his tent was flooding and we were nine miles from the car. And I think it was like 9 p.m., like 8 or 9 p.m. And randomly, he's like, guys, he's like, I got I'm just going to hike down there, sleep in my car. And then the next morning, we were going to leave. I'm like, all right. But like at 11.30 p.m., he comes running back into the trail because, yeah, he he, there was it was running along a cliff and there was a bull moose there. (laughs) And he, I think he tried to throw some rocks at it. I don't know. That's dumb. Um, that, is, that is dumb. <laughs> uh, but it, it was blocking his way. So he had... And that was our first time... Um, that same trip was our first time seeing moose. And the very first moose encounter we had was with... Um, are they sow? Are they called sow? Female moose? Calf. A sow. Cow? Sow and her calves. Anyway, it was Cow. a female moose with her young. And we didn't know at the time. And our buddy who lived in Wyoming was freaking out. We didn't know at the time. But that's like a incredibly... Of all the moose encounters you can have, a, a mom with the young is like the most dangerous one you can have. We didn't know that at the time. So there were some mistakes uh, yeah. there.
1: <laughs> well, like, there you go. I'll put in a plug for uh, bear spray that not only solves problems with bears, yeah. but sketchy people in Ohio yes. as well as moose in the worst case scenario. So. In, in
0: fact, so we're going on a trip and I, there's a can of bear spray, spray right, right down there. Uh, we've never really carried bear spray with us before regularly, but we're going to an area in West Virginia that has a dedicated black bear sanctuary. So, um, we're carrying bear, we're carrying bear spray. Why not? Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, odds are we probably won't have to use it, but if it makes us sleep better at night, it's worth the wait. Yeah. I I don't know. We've never carried it before though. Uh, and we've never done, I don't know if, if Scott or any of you guys have, we've never done anything in grizzly country.
1: Uh, so I recently moved here to uh, to Wyoming, um, and right in the heart of Grizzly Country. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> in nice. spring now, they're waking up. They have their cubs with them, and I carry it uh, carry it right on my hip. I I, I have yet to uh, to make use of it, but as I said, it's fairly lightweight and solves yeah. problems from people to moose charges to angry mama grizzly bears. Right. So um, yeah, it's about you know bear attacks are. Are very rare yeah. um as is getting struck by lightning and things of that nature but of the people that do get struck by lightning they're typically hikers yes. hiking on ridgelines in yes. thunderstorms yes. and of the people that do get attacked by bears you know they're typically solo hikers you know hiking out in the middle of nowhere grizzly country um me so <laughs> best to take steps to mitigate things when you're putting yourself in a higher risk category for what are still you know rare events i i suspect if any beginner's listening to this, all of our horror stories and everything <laughs> of, from grizzly bears. They're to really Mood. selling backpacking guys. <laughs> yeah. um, you got to
3: get, you got to get in the buddies group that doesn't yeah. <laughs> include those encounters.
1: So, you know, we, we should say, you know, 98% of all our experiences out there are, are pleasant or, if it's not pleasant, I'm a big fan of, uh, if, if I said, you know, different types of fun, Is that, that's something I think people talk about. Oh, yeah, that, that yeah, world. yeah. Type one fun, just for your listeners, uh, sort of enjoyable things. Uh, maybe that's, you know, lounging on the beach or things that are fun and pleasant in the moment. Um, and then type two fun is not necessarily fun in the moment, but, you know, good to tell stories about after the fact. Um, and then type three fun is, is getting mauled by a bear, or breaking a bone, stuff you never want to eat, stuff that will, you
2: know, arrest you. Um, I
0: know. When, when you were bringing up the lightning thing, that's all I thought about during those hailstorms because you're above treeline. So there's yeah. it's not like, get to the lowest point. <laughs> like you are the highest point and you see the lightning coming down on the mat and you're just like, this is how people get struck by lightning. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I remember that. Oh, that was freaky.
1: So but yeah. Uh, we're describing a lot of bad, bad scenarios out there and sort of our worst case stories and stuff. But for the most part, you know, hiking's a good combination of type one and type two fun. You know, there's some discomfort and, you know, chosen challenge of
0: not uh, having
1: a hot shower and a comfy bed.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I always describe backpack. I always say when when I talk about backing with people who don't backpack, I'm like, there's, there's two kinds of fun. There's stuff that's like really fun when you do it. But it's not that memorable, like like a roller coaster, something crazy. And then there's stuff that's not necessarily that fun sometimes when you're doing it, but it's really memorable. And I put backpacking in that sort of category, where like it it yeah. is uncomfortable sometimes and it is hard. And that's one thing, uh, one thing we always preach to beginners too. And this is something, this is a soapbox we've got we've gotten on not on, too much, but we I cannot tell you how many people we see backpacking and it is regional that are, they don't appear to be in really good shape, like physically, like yeah. cardiovascularly and backpacking is, is difficult. I mean, it's a, it's a physical exertion. And if you just get, and I'm not saying you have to be a marathon runner, but if you, if you just put yourself in a some semblance of better shape, you will enjoy it so much more, yep. like so much more. Cause I think that is a barrier to, to, to some people, it's like, it's, it's hard. Like putting 30, 40 pounds on your back and hiking 10 miles or going up a mountain, like it's physically hard. And if you're in awful shape, it's going to be that much harder. So that's something we try and tell people. It's like, I'm not saying like, go run a half mile or something, but like put the pack on and walk around the block a couple times or like, just do something.
1: Yep. Yeah. On the flip side of that, that also brings to mind, I'll turn this over to Nicole in a Uh-oh. second. Um, people using backpacking uh, for oh, fitness big. and weight no, loss yeah. and things like that—you know—beats a gym. And how often do you uh, see that in the folks that you chat with, Nicole?
2: I mean, quite often. I mean, a lot of people, you know, have found our website or heard about us, and because they, you know, are embarking on a sort of a fitness journey, mm-hmm. and I think it's really appealing because it's essentially just walking, right? right. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I think, I think people feel like, yep, I can do this. You know, I do, I do completely agree with you that, especially, um, coming from the company standpoint, we obviously want to make sure that people are prepared and that they're healthy enough to take a trip, right? So, um, for example, when we, uh, prepare these route guides for folks, we're really careful. You know, if they're a yeah. beginner, then we kind of are like, uh, do, you, do you really want a five night trip? Cause we want to <laughs> yeah. maybe do a one night trip. You know? <laughs> so, right. so yeah, to-
3: that's good. That, if that's an- going
2: from like Florida to, you know, and then they want to hop, hop, maybe do the backpacking trip in the Rocky mountains. Then, you know, obviously we consider the elevation as a, you know, as a factor that, might not be great for the beginner. Um, so yeah, I feel like we try to take that stuff into consideration. So if if someone,
3: if someone wants to do that service with you and they're like brand new, absolute beginner, and they're like, I want 10 days in, in, in the mountains (laughs) of Wyoming. Do you, do you like say, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe let's, let's start a little smaller."
1: (laughs) we have a checklist to go through based on experience and that checklist gets added to as, as we learn and see um, the mistakes of what some people are asking for. And yeah, well, you know, I, I encourage beginners to, you know, set up their equipment, spend a night sleeping, Mm -hmm. um, in their backyard. For me, it gets into type three miserable fun pretty quickly. If I get a bad sleep out in the back country and you're tossing and turning and joints are aching, like sort out your sleep system on the living room floor. Um, or you head out there and, you know, head out, you know, go from your living room floor to your backyard, from your backyard to an hour from the trailhead. So you have the option to bail out from that to a one night to a two night, and scale up in, you know, in an organized way, um, you know, setting yourself up for success on, you know, things things that aren't uh, inherently comfortable or normal for people to work out the kinks in their systems. on a regular basis.
0: So. Yeah. And I think, and I, I think making sure people like the first time, and I kind of experienced this with my wife cause I, I don't, she had never backed before she met me. Lucky her. Um, she does it all the time now, but like I wanted to make sure the first time she went, like she had the most, the most positive experience because I wanted her to keep doing it. And part of that was we're going two miles. Like we're bringing all the good food. You know, we're going to have a great campsite. Bring all the clothes you want. I don't care. She brought a nail file. She brought like, you know, all sorts of girly stuff. And like, that's fine. Like, bring it all. You know, I want you to just have a good time so that you'll be positively reinforced to keep doing this because I think that's, that's key. Mm-hmm. You know, just like the first couple times, like, we'll just go a mile. We'll go out there. We'll cook some good food bring your makeup. I don't care. You know, like
3: bring whatever, bring whatever, she brought a bottle of wine.
0: She did bring a bottle of wine and like, just, you know, I just want you to have a good time so that you, when I keep dragging you out to do this, <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you won't, you won't say no. Uh, but it kind of echoes what you're saying. It's like, just start slow, start easy. Cause we do know people. And, and for some people's work, we know people, we know people that literally had never backpacked before and then went and through hiked the Appalachian trail. Yeah. Um, like zero to sixty kind of stuff, um, huh. and that works for some people. Oh, yeah. um, but I think the vast majority people just like I like the idea of just go in your backyard for a night. <laughs> no, seriously, like yeah. test your sleep system. That's yeah. a that's a good thing to do. We tell people with hammocks to do that all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just go in your backyard for a night. Like who cares? And then you know if you get a, you're never gonna get a great night's sleep your first night sleeping in the woods. But if no. you get a good night's sleep, you know then just kind of like titrate it up a little bit.
3: What um so. I do like I do want to switch a little bit back to actual art of the Trek stuff. like when when people look at what you've built and designed right now, like where do you see the future of this going?
1: Yeah, so great question. Um and as I, as I like to say to Nicole, not not up to me and and my preferences, you know, up to where we see user mm-hmm. demand and traction. and you know that has substantially been behind route guides so far, so I can envision a, uh, a good focus on, I like to liken it to the app store in a sense, yeah, where yeah. anyone can throw up a guide and you depend on reviews to see how good that is, we'll probably step in to you know, have some approved guides or well screened guides, mm-hmm. um, the quality's there, but anyone can submit a request, anyone can respond, and allowing people to post those up there, um, either for free, just to uh, help get information out there, or if they want to charge for a route guide, you know some of these, you know, are three-week routes through the, yeah. you know, high Sierras, and you know people invest a lot of time in putting together the initial guide and probably updating it from year to year. If they want to charge people for that, um, you know, I think that's an elegant model uh, as as well. So a place for yeah, experienced backpackers to put out information, maybe make some money, and for beginners just to be able to click three times then, uh, you know not not have to think about anything. Um, and you know, not to say there isn't stuff to think right. about people yeah. should think, use their own minds, but you know, follow through with a good, good, uh, solid guide uh, that they can be confident in that'll get them out there with minimal to no surprises along the way.
3: So it's, it's almost like you're, you're moving towards like a model of, or in continuing to do like just a strong virtual community of, of resources.
1: Yeah and I, and I should say like as as part of being able to put together route guides that involves you know cataloging the campsites and the scenic locations and the trailheads and you know making sure the trails are up to to date and routing along a map people can go there and plan their own trips um as well and people do that on a on a regular basis and having you know people <laughs> so one area that we are currently weak in is we're still developing the mobile app side yeah, of things mm-hmm. so, what I'd really like to see as well is people, you know, verifying information of campsites and routes on the ground, submitting photos that they take there, and really giving people a good look on the ground. Another, as I say that, another neat thing that we have that uh, I would would love to build out more is we have what's called Trail View, which is uh, Google Street View for hiking trails, oh, essentially. Nice. Um, so we just have that in a couple hiking trails yeah. where we've done it with that a test backpack but it's a full 360 view of any point you want to see along the trail so you can see what to expect and i'd love to turn that into hyperlapse videos and yeah that's a great want. idea
3: you know, then you start streaming that on like a tv and you put the treadmill on yeah. the highest incline <laughs> for pack on uh, when it's they, bad they
1: have that uh they have that for bicycles with yeah. swift uh they do that for yeah, yeah, yeah. bikes these days yeah um so, that's very No, we're weird. not looking to take it that far.
0: <laughs> no, that's uh Andy and I we love technology. We we both kind of work in technology. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess you know I do. I kind of I guess you know. do Um but we're always we we one thing we preach and we do get a little bit of hate for this because there are a small minority of what I call the the back purists. Yeah. They're like no phone, no GPS. Map, compass, we get a little But that's the minority of people. We are all about, like, I keep preaching it on this, making it easier for people to get out there. Uh, And part of that is harnessing technology. So Andy and I are always, always looking at the next sort of technology. And a lot of that in the last at least three or four years has been what you guys are talking about, basically with the gut hook style of apps. Um, That really only exists, though, for like five trails, I think i don't I don't know, but don't it's know. incredibly helpful, yeah to know, and you know Nicole, we talked about this to know are water sources running yes um or is there bear activity in the is, area? is there what a are good, the bugs
3: like? yeah, is there a good spot to camp? what's the weather like this time of year yeah
0: um yeah. and and having that in real time the the water stuff especially i mean that that's <laughs> almost the life and death thing sometimes yeah, yeah. um but'cause water sources are seasonal and and that's one thing we relied a lot on when we were in Colorado. Um, but anyway, we're, we're all about using technology. You know, that's why we have the inReach. That's why we, we have a host of apps we use out there. And then um, also, like, not necessarily backpacking related, but the camera technology and stuff, we're also into that. Yeah. But I don't know. So it's good to see more of that. And I think that's helpful for people. And
1: and for the electronic devices, um, you were referencing the purists. I guess there are two aspects to that. We come across a small minority of people as well who are like, "Hey, don't make it too easy for people to yes, get out there. Yes. Don't tell uh, them about this. Absolutely, and, you know, yeah. keep them out of my trails," type of thing. But again, that's that's very little, and and most people uh, want to make it easier for others and themselves to get out there with you know information on Leave No Trace principles yeah. um, included for the beginners, and then for the electronic devices. You know, it's a question of what's most effective yeah i guess a compass works in all scenarios as long as you don't lose it or break it mm-hmm. um but you know what provides more information and utility out there is always going to be some gps uh based device and if you're worried about that like i have for example my phone in cold temperatures it'll just go go black it's not like the battery's dead or there's like you do need to worry about batteries and extreme cold environments and stuff can get wet but bring two like I have my Garmin watch with the root loaded right, in it right. I have my phone and I throw out my inReach I, I have three devices so one fails um, I, I still have two two fails I still have one and if I lose them all I still always have some sort of mental map of where the car is in my head um, even if that ends up with some bushwhacking um, to get back there so situational awareness combined with redundancy I, I think yeah and And if you feel better with a compass and a paper map, um, you know, great. Another layer of redundancy. But I I think people who go out with a a map and a compass and no GPS devices are, are also making poor decisions. Yeah. Um, Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, do you guys, either of you, Mm -hmm. um, do you want to talk at all about any personal upcoming backpacking plans you may have once pandemic's over? If you have any, any cool trips lined up or anything?
1: oh let me see uh well nicole is not a super backpacker but she's got her trekking poles
2: coming in maybe you want to she's over in
1: austria it's a beautiful So,
2: so vienna actually has i just saw voted greenest city in the world so we have lots of beautiful countryside and vineyards and um so yeah i've been working on exploring just doing day hiking yeah but um but, yeah, just doing all these different trails just really right outside the city. So it's it's really, really nice. Yeah. yeah
1: myself, I actually uh, – so Jackson, very uh, fit, uh, active area with a lot of uh, community demand for hiking trails. So I, I haven't lost uh, yeah. any access. Yeah, I've been able yeah. to get out as usual. Um, they And the national parks are reopening here. So I usually end up sort of off uh, – in, in wilderness areas or I end up on pretty remote trips uh, myself but this year living right next to Grand Teton National Park nice. I have a collection of reservations there for sort of peak July August
3: yeah nice I'm
1: yeah through the Tetons there uh, for a handful of three to five day trips nice um, so yeah that'll that'll be good I'm looking forward to those and uh, looks like the park's reopening on schedule to uh, make those possible yeah, both of you guys live in sweet places, so no
0: excuses. <laughs> we live in the middle of Ohio. <laughs> yeah,
2: where, where do you guys like to go? Um, do you have like favorite areas near you?
3: Yeah, we, we're we're sur- we we are surrounded by like by really mediocre backpacking. We are surrounded by re- some, be- some West Virginia, Pennsylvania, <laughs> West Virginia is good, uh, and uh, Michigan. Michigan. So that's okay. um,
0: <laughs> Ohio has backpacking in like. We shit on it all the time, but, like, Ohio does have better backpacking than Indiana. Yes, that's what, what we say.
3: Better than Indiana. <laughs> uh, and
0: so we live in, in central Ohio, and we can get to backpacking in, a, in an hour drive. So, like, I'm not going to complain about that. No. But, um, yeah, like, our, like, good places to go that aren't Ohio it's is Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Michigan. Because that's, like five, six hour drive. Yeah. And there's there's actually really good backpacking in all three of those states. But like no, do you think uh, sorry to interrupt, I was no, just you're gonna good. say do you
1: think your enthusiasm uh for the outdoors will guide your living choices in the future? You know,
3: no. Probably our, not.
0: Our sister just moved out to Reno, Nevada to Lake Tahoe basically. And we yeah. were, I was out there and I was like I I cannot imagine. I mean, we do a lot of backpacking now, but yeah. how much more outdoorsy stuff I would do if I lived in like areas where you guys live? I mean, like, like, like she's got like beautiful Sierra Mountain backpacking trails a ten minute drive from her house, and that's not uncommon for people that live out in these areas. And I just simply can't imagine what life would be like.
3: I'm in the wrong career field.
0: Yeah, both of us are in career fields where we don't work where those kind of places would exist. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, maybe like later in life, you know, we're both from here and our whole family's here and Andy and I are like entering you know, the second phase of life here, domestic life. And, uh, you know, it's the good thing about Columbus and Ohio is it's really easy to travel places. (laughs) So (laughs) it it, it is a lot of highways. It's very flat. It's cheap to live here. Our airport can get us places pretty quickly. Yeah. We have a lot of vacation
1: time. But every
3: time we go, every time we go somewhere cool, we're like, I wonder what it would take to live here.
1: You just need to do just it. You just need to do it. Yeah. You know? just need to do it. Um, so well, stand, standing invite, if you're ever in uh, Wyoming or Austria, uh, we'd love to take you around our areas and uh, show you around. So be yeah. happy to uh, um, happy to do that.
0: I've actually, so you're in Jackson, you said? That is correct. Yeah. yeah. We've, we've been there many times to ski actually. Um, yeah. never to backpack never uh never in the summer months wow that's not true no we
3: were there once in the we summer we went
0: there once in the summer and it was just i mean jackson is beautiful I mean, yeah. absolutely beautiful so uh you're yeah. spoiled and <laughs> vienna i've never been there our sister spent a bunch of time there our sister lived in paris for many years huh. and went to vienna a lot but there's a ton of outdoorsy stuff out in that area and people don't realize like there's a lot of outdoorsy stuff in europe oh yeah like, a, like a, yeah. actually like backpacking kind of started in europe
1: right yeah, they've no uh, good. Uh, so I, I do have experience uh, through the mountains of Europe. It's very uh, so we're spoiled um, in in America and Australia, New Zealand with what they would call wild camping, mm-hmm. which we just call camping yeah. right. um, up a tent basically anywhere. Uh, so they don't do a lot of tent stuff um, out there. That's pretty much exclusively relegated to Sweden, Finland and uh, Norway. Are the only options for wild camping in Europe. Otherwise, they sort of corral you into the, these huts and food service and oh, bunks, the sort of dormitory style. Um, you know, sort of more luxurious versions of what you'd encounter uh, through the White Mountains of New Hampshire. They have those <laughs> Appalachian Mountain Club huts right, yeah. uh, up there. Um, so they they have those, and that's a, that's a neat system that facilitates trips. But there's not. A ton of wilderness out there for sort of mainland Europe. I would look at Italy first if anyone's looking at international trips. Yeah. That's they have bivouac huts out there, they they call them. Um the Bibacci's in in Italian. And uh there you can pitch a tent next to them. They're unstaffed, unserviced. It's just kind of like please camp here to reduce impacts. So yeah. Italy's probably one uh, one of the best out there if you're looking for the European Alps.
0: That's pretty sweet. Yeah, uh, we got We people always ask us. They're like, you know, have you considered going abroad to go backpacking? And we're like, yeah, but there's still a lot of stuff in the U.S. We haven't crossed off the list. Yeah, and yeah. the White Mountains being one of them. Actually, we mm-hmm. almost decided to go there in a week, but we didn't. But that's been on my list for a while. Um, that's that's tough. Although I, I'm not gonna lie, like what you described, you know, with those luxurious huts, sounds pretty I cool. Actually, actually. Better, like it would be fun to do.
1: <laughs> Yeah, it, it My depends. Wife would love it. After, I mean, there's and they have great food at them, like yeah. the kitchens and and everything. You get hot meals. Yeah, um, yeah you have to. I, I think your husband Nicole uh, makes you. Yeah, of that. yeah.
2: I mean, he lo- he loves going. I mean, because it's a bunch of guys drinking beer at night, eating schnitzels. You know, <laughs> it, I think it's a fun experience for them. Somebody's playing the guitar. You know, they're all yeah. talking about what they did that day and what the, what the plan is for the following day. So yeah. He enjoys it. Yeah. Okay. I, I, go for a I, drinking, I remember someone telling stencil. me about
0: like a, 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 thing, a thing, I don't know if it was in Germany or France, but like you basically day hike between these things. And then yeah, at night I'm like, that actually sounds really fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't have to carry a tent, you know, it's a lot lighter. You, you get this nice food. I'm like, that actually be something I would like to do sometime. I yep. don't know. Um, so yeah. Um, any other any other
3: topics you no, guys want to cover? No, I, I think the I think it's important for us to ask. Like, is there anything about Art of the Track that we should we should, that you you want our you want us to know about that we we didn't hit on? Yes, of? yeah,
1: um, yeah. I, I guess uh, for your your listeners and viewers, um, we welcome feedback. Um, any opportunity, you know, there's a live chat on the website. You can email Nicole at artofthetrek.com directly. Um, keeping a good engagement uh, with with our users is what we do, and you know, it's it's real suggestions that get sent in. We keep a list of who suggested what, and they get an email when their feature goes live. So it's really user-driven development. So as much as people want to be involved, and now's a good time, a good asterisk uh, to point out is, I don't want to say we're in beta mode, but, you know, not everything's perfect. Yeah, There's yeah. a bug there. We're building up. It's, you know, half the feature set we expect to have um, in another year. So, you know bear with us. It's, it's a work in, in progress. Um, and yeah, set, set your expectations low and you'll be pleasantly surprised. Um, we <laughs> have, a, have a lot of good things going, but yeah, it's a work in progress that we put out there um, so people can use it and offer feedback while we're building it up. So. I think those would be the two main things.
3: Well, I mean, we, we certainly appreciate any innovation in yes. this space. And so, like, um, you know, to get things better, people need to use it and try it out and provide feedback. And so I, I think it's people
0: need to do that. I also, like, I think it's, you know, something I really like about this is you guys are a supporter of the Backpacking YouTube scape. Yes. And um, you're smart some, about that. Yeah. And, 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 and I, that's something as Backpacking YouTubers, you know, we appreciate when companies things will support other, a bunch of backpacking channels. I think that's good. Yes. Um, so that's something we really like about you guys. Um, thank well, you. We, thank we appreciate the good content. Well, no, you guys, no, you
1: know, no. Uh, so we're all on the
0: same page. Yeah. yeah. And uh, this was really fun to talk to you both. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah. I really appreciate thank it. You. Um, thank you. Yeah. well Take care. Yep. Yeah, take care.